Welcome to Standout, where you're going to hear from some exceptional entrepreneurs. You'll learn what steps they took to get them where they are and what you can do to make your mark. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. You can find the episodes, the show notes, and the accompanying video of the show all in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. Sign up for my newsletter there and get media strategies I only share with readers. It seems as if business success these days is tied directly to how well you master internet marketing, Facebook ads, and SEO. But there was a time before high tech, and Doberman Dan is going to share some old school marketing techniques that are working incredibly well right this very minute without an internet connection. We touch on a lot of topics in this one, from overcoming business failure to direct response to the one important habit he carries out every single day. Doberman Dan, it is a pleasure having you on the Standout Show. Welcome. The pleasure is all mine, Cheryl. Thank you for the invite. It's going to be really fun, I think, talking with you, Doberman Dan. And I'll call you Dan from now on. Maybe you can start, though, with how you got your name, why people call you that. (laughs) Well, so so nobody knows my last name. I would prefer to keep it that way because it's really unusual. It's a it's a French a French Canadian name that the U.S. immigration people screwed up, and my great grandfather just stuck with it. <laughs> so it was it was Gallipo, and they respelled it to Gallipu. And as as you know, Cheryl, like words are important, and the images that creates in your head. I don't like that word image. It creates the word image of me galloping off to the bathroom. So <laughs> so. Long story short, I used to write articles for the bodybuilding market, and I wrote an article about my Doberman at the time, how you know, he was lean and quick, you know, muscular, right. and I had gotten big and bulky and kind of fat, and I wanted to become a Doberman again, you know, right. I wanted to be like my Doberman. So as a joke, I signed off on the article as Doberman Dan, and all those guys in that market started calling me that, and wow. it's stuck ever since, mm, which is totally fine. Yeah. You know, people people remember that. They don't remember my last name. So That is a better image, I have to tell you, Dan, a better image, that's for sure. <laughs> you call yourself a serial entrepreneur, and I would love to hear about your start in business and I also I know it starts as a police officer. So I really want you to explain how, as you were a police officer, you were working on your business at the same time. So let's kind of go back and talk about your entrepreneurial journey. Thank God I had a day job when I was starting my entrepreneurial journey, or I would have lived in a cardboard box under a bridge and have eaten out of dumpsters. <laughs> um, so long story short, I grew up in Barberton, Ohio, which the early conditioning there had never taught me anything about entrepreneurship or being a business owner. In fact, the the best I was told I could do is graduate and get a job at one of the rubber companies in Akron. And so, you know, I'd not been exposed to that mindset. And I stumbled into becoming a cop in the city of Dayton, Ohio. But it wasn't very long, really about two years, I realized This is something I don't want to do for the rest of my life. And about that time, somebody hit me up for the Amway business. Have you ever, have you ever been recruited into Amway? I've heard of Amway. (laughs) I haven't been recruited yet, but I think I hear it's a hard sell. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, it, 
I'll tell you this, it at least opened my eyes to the potential of being an entrepreneur. But uh, I learned a lot in the Amway business. I failed at it miserably and lost a lot of money. But it got me figuring out like, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to mm -hmm. be an entrepreneur. So so for nine years, so it was a, a full-time cop for 12 years. Uh, for nine of those, a part-time serial entrepreneurial mm. failure. Mm. Um, uh, after Amway, there was a multitude, at least two businesses a year, sometimes three businesses a year, all of them failures, all of them leaving me <laughs> depressed, oh. destitute, you know, in debt. But I, you know, I had the day job to, to, to support my bad habits of sleeping indoors and eating. And I just kept starting these businesses. What were they? Uh, what kind of businesses, Dan? Like, were oh, they online businesses or like no, Amway type businesses? I'm such a dinosaur. Online wasn't even, uh, these are back in the days of like uh, BBS's, bulletin board services, really before the internet was a oh. viable media. And so it was all kinds of stuff. It was, was the Amway business. It was a jewelry business. It was a home improvement business. It was two vending businesses, on and on and on. All of them failures. Uh, real estate, failed at that too. Uh, but finally, I discovered this guy, also a guy from Northeast Ohio, Dan Kennedy. Mm -hmm. And I bought he, this system. He called a magnetic marketing mm -hmm. system mm -hmm. to teach businesses how to market better using a style of marketing called direct response marketing. So whatever business was failing miserably at the time and bleeding out all my cash, I thought this was my solution. But instead, what it did is I, I realized, man, this Dan Kennedy guy just sold me a bunch of copies in a three ring binder with cassette tapes for $400. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> with a letter, with a letter. You know, words on paper. I thought, well, that's way more exciting than any of these other businesses. I want to do that. So I just replicated what I saw him doing, but used it to sell a self-published bodybuilding course. And after nine years of straight failure, that was the first business that actually worked. And a little less than a year later, I mean, it wasn't making a fortune, but it was making enough money that I could accomplish my original goal, which was to leave the police department. So, okay. That's fascinating. So you used what you learned in that three ring binder to help market the self-published bodybuilding course. And that helped you find finally some success. Yes. Hmm. Okay. So let's break that down. What did you do? What did you learn? I, I granted, I know that that's probably, I could take like days <laughs> what you learned in that book, but something that maybe is easily digestible. Like what did you do that was different with this business that you weren't doing with the previous, the real estate, the jewelry, all the other companies that you had started? Well, the first thing I did was, so this, that system I bought, mm -hmm. it was intended for mostly brick and mortar businesses mm -hmm. for them to increase their traffic into their, into their location and help them sell more products to their existing customer base. Yeah. So I, I learned the, the principles of direct response marketing because he, in that system, it also taught that, but I just, I applied it to 
starting a mail order business because I, I, I learned the principles of direct response marketing, but I also was observing how he sold that product to me. And then the further products I got direct mail offers from him about. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I just really just, I stole what he was doing, selling that product to brick and mortar business owners and use that model to sell to, to bodybuilders. Oh, nice. Nice. Were you always a writer though? I mean, people might be hearing this and think, okay, I'm not a great marketer and I'm not a great writer, first of all, but writing is a huge part of making this successful. So were you always a great writer? No. Oh no, absolutely not. Um, although, <laughs> you know, I had to write a lot of reports on the police department and, and one of my sergeants suggested, uh, in a very smart alecky tone, you know, one of these old school guys, you know, still left over from the from the late 50s, the mustache twirling, grizzled, battle hardened sergeant like Gallopu, I think you missed your true calling. You should have been a fiction writer because this arrest report reads like fiction. And then <laughs> yeah, I, I took that as a compliment. But no, I was not always a writer. I mean, you know, took the took the the required creative writing class in good old Barberton High School. But no, I wasn't that good. I, and frankly, this mail order business, the first successful business I had after all those failures, uh, it was like 95. So really it was pre-internet right. marketing days. The internet was not really a viable media back then. So all we had were magazine space ads, newspaper ads, direct mail mm -hmm. for the most part for kitchen table, as I call it, kitchen table entrepreneurs like me. Um, yeah, writing drives that business, the mail order business. And uh, I was not good, but I saw how I saw Dan Kennedy's uh, sales letters in that magnetic marketing system. And I, I, I saved the sales letter he used to sell magnetic marks. I just simply replicated that hmm. and, and, you know, did my best to, to try to adapt that to selling my bodybuilding product. Good for you. Congratulations, Dan. All right. So we're back in 95 and you have a kitchen table business at this time. And is that's when you decided to leave the police department and then start this full time? Is, is that what happened then? Or, okay. So yes. talk about that, how that, because you're not still selling from your kitchen table that the bodybuilding course, are you? Uh, no, you know, that, <laughs> that's funny. That spawned, uh, actually it spawned a couple different nutritional supplement businesses. One, which I sold in 2012, which is still alive today and doing wow. well. Good job. Very, very good. So our, our audience, our standout audience, we're entrepreneurs and a lot of folks are trying to figure out how to They've got some measure of success, maybe brick and mortar, face-to-face, service-based businesses, but they're trying to break into online and they can't really necessarily figure out how to use direct response to help them, whether they're a law firm or an accounting firm or, or they sell hair products to customers on a busy street. H how would you take that direct response model to entrepreneurs who have either services or physical products, not necessarily an online business per se. Right. So I, I'm, I'm a lot different than many of the people teaching online marketing because I grew up in 
in direct response marketing with without the internet. Now, I also is as early as 1996, I started also marketing online in addition to the the, the magazine ads and direct mail and newspaper ads. Um, I started selling the bodybuilding products, mm-hmm. you know, the, the 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 manuals, DVDs, and nutritional supplements online in '96. Those were the wild, wild west days of marketing <laughs> on the internet. Right. So I understand both models, using the offline media and the online media. And to this day, as awesome of a channel as online is, I still use offline media because in many cases, that is the most effective Hmm. medium to use. But um, as far as like breaking into online, for example, um, but you know what? Let me, let me, can I back up just a minute? Absolutely. I think I maybe should define what direct response marketing yeah, is. Yeah, please, please. And okay. what online and offline media are. Like, okay. explain what those are too. That would be helpful as well. So when I say direct response marketing, uh, this is different than a lot of the advertising and the marketing you would see in a magazine or on TV or the Goodyear blimp or you open a Forbes magazine and it says, uh, you know, it's got this big picture of, of whatever a beach scene. And, you know, it's, it says something, something Cadillac at the bottom, (laughs) right? You know, like, and you're thinking, what does this have to do with the Cadillac? It's that's called image advertising. And that's for the companies that have millions of dollars to spend. And they spend with the hope that we're going to, you know, keep our name out there and hopefully when people want to buy a car, hopefully they'll buy a Cadillac. And if you ask them, so did that magazine bring in a bunch of Cadillac sales and their response is no idea. No idea. We sure hope it did. Um, direct response marketing is it, it, there's a call to action, whatever that call to action is. It is, it could be call our 800 number to request a free information package. It could be you know, online, it's like enter your email and we'll send you a free ebook. Mm-hmm. If it's going directly for a sale, it's call our 800 number, right. you know, now to purchase or to find out how to purchase or online, it's click this button and buy now. So it's, it's asking for a response. Gotcha. And so you really can turn any business into something that asks for that response online. And yet I Absolutely. think some don't. I think some companies don't necessarily understand how that would be. And I, 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 it just, there's a disconnect somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially like a brick and mortar where mm-hmm. their their business is based on or a service business or business mm-hmm. is based on somebody comes into the location right. or, or something like that. They can still incorporate direct response marketing by collecting information from people who would be a prospective buyer of their services. And they can do that online with a website that specifically asks for that response. Hey, uh, you know, if, uh, if you're a man and you're considering a divorce, I just, the reason this is in my mind is not because I'm considering divorce. Okay. I swear. All right. <laughs> Been there, done that, ain't ever doing it again. It's just, I saw a billboard on the way home last night that was, Divorce for men only. The guy has a website, and uh, 
so like, yeah, if you're, if you're a man, you're considering a divorce, enter your uh, email now, you know, to, to find out the top three mistakes most men make during their divorce proceedings that causes them to, you know, whatever, lose all their possessions and uh, whatever. Right, right, right. So, you know, even though that's an attorney and he's going to require an in face to face meeting with, okay. you know, he's collecting contact information of potential prospects, then that allows him to do a plethora of things to keep in contact you know, build a relationship, make an offer, you know, hey, free consultation, call in, yada, 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 that, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. so that's, you know, on, so you can do that online. You can use all these uh, techniques in this model offline too, in, in whichever media would be ideal uh, for, for your business based upon your target audience, you know, Perhaps it's newspaper ads, believe it or not. There are still people, in fact, millions of people reading newspapers, um, you know, magazines, direct mail, all that kind of stuff. And so do you still use those methods, the, the newspapers and magazines, the, the offline media, if you would, um, maybe TV even, to get your message out there? Yes, and it depends which, which, whichever media I choose depends on the business the market, the product. Um, I have a very contra I'm coaching a handful of people right now in launching a nutritional supplement business. Oh, cool. And I have a very contrarian way to do it. And it, at first it blows everybody's mind. I have them launch newspaper ads, which most people think, oh, that's a dead media or a dying media. It is, it is exponentially easier to launch a nutritional supplement business in that media hmm. than any other media. It's actually, it requires 10 times, at least 10 times more capital to launch that same business online as it does in newspapers. Really? So, wow. And I'm 10, still, 10 years you know, ago, yeah, 10 years ago, that would have been flipped probably. Yep, but absolutely. today in 2016, so can you explain more of that? So whether it's a nutritional supplement business or whatever business, I guess it, it has to depend on the business itself. You're launching that in newspapers. So you're taking out ads or you're getting stories done or, or how are you making that splash in yeah. the newspaper? And then what will you do next? So, so we're taking out, I've got, I've got this model down to a science. We're taking out half page newspaper ads. And, and by the way, this, this could apply to a lot of your listeners and viewers depending upon what business they're in, sure. the, the call to action. So it's an at what we call an advertorial for nutritional supplements. It looks like editorial content, the headline and most of the body copy reads like an editorial that you'd see in the newspaper. There's a call to action at the end, you know, so it talks about how this, uh, this product or this certain ingredient was discovered, talks about the science behind it, how this has been a benefit to people suffering from X, mm -hmm. fill in the blank of whatever this supplement addresses. And then the call to action, you know, there is basically the only thing that we're trying to sell in this ad is getting the reader to call the 800 number for more information. Um, but this model is working great for cosmetic dentists for attorneys 
uh, all, for all kinds of local businesses that it, it reads like editorial copy. There's a call to action at the end. I know one cosmetic dentist who is using those ads to to get people to attend an in-person event. Right. I, I don't know if he does it as, at his office. I believe he does it at a, at a another location like a, a hotel room or something like that. But he educates the people about cosmetic dentistry, the services he offers, and his closing rate is phenomenal. You know, the amount of people are like, holy smokes, I've been putting this off for years. I didn't know it was so easy and painless. I thought it was a big deal. And he's getting all kinds of businesses from that. So that model, even though, you know, I started talking about it for a supplement business, yeah, that could be used by a whole bunch of different businesses. Nice, nice. Good tips. Really good tips. Can you tell I'm trying to delve into that, try to get you to talk more about how you're finding success for your clients? <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to. Um, so you've talked about consulting and you have some clients, but how has your business changed over the years? What what does it look like now? Really, I, I, I consider myself an entrepreneur. So, I mean, that's what I've been doing since I've been using direct response marketing since 1995 to I've launched a whole bunch of different businesses, most of them selling informational type of products, you know, uh, DVDs. Uh, this will so date me, Cheryl. Lick, cassette tapes. Cheryl, cassette tapes were these things that we used to record. <laughs> audio on when we wrote on I've seen them I've seen them okay um you know manuals self all this was self-published stuff in a variety of markets I've sold this in all kinds of different markets I've also uh started several let me see well I've started four of my own supplement businesses I got hired by uh a big direct marketing company called Agora to help mm. them start a supplement business a couple years ago. So almost all the stuff I've used, all the marketing stuff I've used, all the copy I've written, it's been for my own businesses. Mm -hmm. Until 2012, I sold my, my last supplement business, mm -hmm. uh, which was a sports nutrition, bodybuilding supplement business. And uh, then I started doing freelance copywriting. So started doing consulting on right. direct response marketing and copywriting for other businesses. I also, I've had a membership uh, since, let me see, since 2011, which includes a print, good old fashioned paper and ink newsletter. Like you send in the mail. Uh, it goes in the mail, good old hmm. snail mail. Okay. And uh, my members also get a monthly webinar with me, and I've got a lot of content about entrepreneurship and direct response marketing on uh, a membership site. So, okay. so that was like a part-time project, right. and the, when I sold the supplement business, client work was full-time. Now, this year, I dropped my client work way down to practically nothing. And now I'm mainly focused on my membership, which I affectionately call the marketing Camelot. I don't have members. I have knights. Ooh, I They're like that. Like knights in shining armor. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's my passion. I mean, I love, I love working with clients and all the clients I work with were just salt of the earth people. Sure. Um, but I'm mostly passionate about now working with my knights because it's so exciting 
when you see the light bulb go on or somebody's business is struggling, you know, and they do something I told them and they get this big surge in business, you know, are they're able to, re, you know, start a, a secondary stream of income from their existing business they never knew they had available and it, and it changes their lives. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm passionate about. And that's really my full-time gig right now. So it's helping them kind of see maybe through copy, through your direct response ways, things they could do differently, they could word things differently to bring in those new streams of income. That's really pretty fulfilling, right? Yeah, extremely. <laughs> and and a lot of people, uh, especially out of brick and mortar business owners, aren't aware of how right. to incorporate this this kind of marketing stuff in their business. And the changes can happen really, really fast. Like they realize, holy smokes, I have been leaving, you know, an extra six figures a year on the table by just by not doing this one thing. This one thing is just, right. you know, transform my life. So that's, that's my focus now. Fantastic. Well, how can people get in touch with you, learn more about that? And I know you also have a podcast. So talk about both of those pieces where folks can learn about this style and then more about your membership and your newsletter as well, because those are separate things, aren't they? Yes. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about, I have an interesting thing to tell you about the newsletter. If, if, if we have time, I don't want to, sure. I want to respect your time and I don't, don't want to go over time. Um, so the best way to find out about me is on my main website at dobermandan.com. Just Doberman, like the dog, Dan, all one word.com. And, uh, there's an opportunity to get a free PDF issue of my print newsletter there. Okay. I, my podcast is called off the chain. And you can find that on iTunes. And uh, that's been fun. I started doing that with Jonathan Rivera, who you know, you've mm -hmm. interviewed, yep, right? Yep, yep, So that's been a lot of fun. It's for entrepreneurs. Uh, and, you know, I try, let me say this. I try to share information that's helpful. But really, my main goal is just to give entrepreneurs a place where they feel like, you know, they can let their hair down and somebody understands them. So, you know, we're going to talk about stuff that entrepreneurs deal with right. because it's not like you can run down to the local watering hole and talk about these issues. I mean, we're, we're kind of a, a lonely crowd. So my goal is for them to have, you know, a place where they can, you know, we're going to talk about entrepreneur stuff. Right. Is it instructional? Well, yes, but it's also hopefully some entertainment value right. for entrepreneurs that just, just entrepreneurs would get. Yeah. The civilians would listen to it and they'd be like, oh, I don't get it. But the <laughs> entrepreneurs would be like, yeah, I was. I get it. <laughs> like what I was thinking. <laughs> Lovely. So um, that's your podcast. And then Doberman Dan is where folks can learn more about you and your membership site and your newsletter. And fantastic. Thank you so much for giving us some really actionable things, things to think about, things to do, and how uh, a brick and mortar business, any business really, can, uh, can benefit from using some direct response in their model somewhere, somehow. On our show, we like to talk about habits. And so you've got a lot of things in the air with your show and your newsletter and the membership and consulting. And how, how do you keep uh, on a regular basis, how do you, um, what are some things that you do, habits that you keep uh, going to regularly to keep yourself on task and on track on the right path? So 
the most important habit first thing in the morning is coffee. Uh, <laughs> uh, one addiction I've not been, you know, it's, it's, I've not been able to break that addiction. No, I have really the engine that drives my whole business is copy. And so I have sacred times and it's almost always in the morning that it is just blocked out every hmm. day on my calendar that that's writing time and really? nothing will interfere with that aside from, you know, if it, my wife or my dog, if they're bleeding out of their eyes, okay, we'll deal with that. Other than that, you know, it's writing time. Don't interrupt me. <laughs> so, so like several hours a day sometimes you're writing. Yes. And what are you writing? Are you writing journaling or writing specific copy for specific projects? It's it's usually a combination of, of editorial and sales copy. Okay. Uh, so at DobermanDan.com, I send daily e emails. And I must be a masochist because at first I thought, oh, that ain't going to be too bad. But trying to produce a daily email that's interesting and relevant uh, is is more work than I initially anticipated. So so there's that. Uh, I do for my nights in the marketing Camelot, they get a monthly print paper and ink newsletter. So I always dedicate time each day that I work on that. And then whatever sales copy needs to be created, I still work with a, a you know, a handful of clients. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, part of that time would be writing sales copy for them or also writing sales copy for myself uh, when I come up with new products to promote or I occasionally offer consulting time or a coaching program um, just specifically for my night. So I have to create copy to, to inform them about that. That's most of it. I, I am working on a, a book right now uh, for entrepreneurs. So uh, that's, that gets worked on during writing time. No, you know, I should, you, you said journaling. That's a good idea, Cheryl. I actually should do more of that. I should probably dedicate a portion of that time to journaling. Do you journal? I've started and it's harder than, for me, it's, a, it's harder than it would seem because to actually sit down and write when I've got, you know, with kids and things and the whiz business that I'm taking care of, it's hard to dedicate that time. So I love Absolutely. your discipline where you're saying, all right, unless something major is happening, I'm writing for however many hours a day. So I'm, I haven't quite gotten there yet. Well, but I don't know if this will help you or not, but, um, so I told myself a long time ago, okay, you know, I'm going to write X number of hours per day. Everything will get in the, it's amazing where the distractions came from, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I'm a man of my word and I would keep my appointments with other people. Those exactly. appointments were in the calendar. Like I'm not going to show up for late, late for that. You know, like I promised Cheryl, I'd be here, right. you know, at 12, I'm going to be there at 1230. And I thought, what a hypocrite I am. I'll keep appointments with other people. I'm not keeping appointments with myself. So it was, it's not like it's a big, <laughs> amazing breakthrough, but I started writing down appointments with myself. So 8 a.m. to 11 is writing time. It's in my calendar now. It's not just a thing, you know, that I plan to do every day. It's an appointment with myself. Mm -hmm. That, I know it's as silly as that sound sounds, that for some reason caused this mental shift in my head that now I'm not blowing that off. Whereas before when it was just a planned thing, 
in the ether somewhere. Right, right, right. <laughs> it would get blown off. Yeah, that's smart. I'm definitely going to do that. Put my name in a block of time in my Google Calendar. I think that would really actually trigger something and say, okay, time to sit down. We're not doing yeah. anything else. I'm just thinking about your journey and really how fascinating it is. How, however many years ago you were selling jewelry or Amway, and now you are here. I mean, it's quite a journey. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> well, it's been pretty interesting. I left out the, I left out some of the bad stuff, like <laughs> bankruptcy, the oh. legal one, I went legally bankrupt oh, in, no. let me see, 96, which ironically happened after my first, what I consider my first really big success with a direct response mm -hmm. business and, and going broke several times after that, not because, not because of marketing issues, not because, because of stupidity on my part. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey. You know, that's what an entrepreneur is, though. I so mean, true. you get you get kicked, you get knocked down. Sometimes it's so bad, nobody expects you to get up. In fact, you don't expect yourself to get up. You're in the dirt, so wiped out and beaten half to death. The only movement you can make is pulling yourself forward centimeters at a time with your hands. But yet you keep moving forward. Right. Keep going. And that's what you've done. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your words of wisdom. Before we go, one last question that we ask everybody is what makes you a standout? <laughs> what makes me a standout? <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I would, I would, I, I grew up in the Midwest. Okay. And we seem to have a mindset up there that everybody I talked to who grew up in the Midwest says the same thing. You know, our parents told you, uh, don't brag about yourself, you know, be humble. And so I have to be honest with you. My initial reaction to your question was to say, I don't feel like I'm a standout. <laughs> but but I have become a standout. Mm -hmm simply because uh, the academic world has a saying, publish or perish. Right. I've become a standout because I just keep publishing. I've been writing for that blog at DobermanDan.com since 2007, 2000, whatever, late 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. Writing on that blog, sharing marketing and entrepreneurial lessons. Uh, I do daily emails I do my print new. I've been doing my print newsletter now five and a half years. I I do my blog. It's just constantly being out there. Mm -hmm. You hit send. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I hit send on stuff that I look at. I'm like, oh crap, this is very good. I really, sh you know, I need the time to improve it. But there are deadlines. I'm just going to hit send and put it out there. Good for you, Dan, and congratulations. Thank you so much for your time and talking with us here on Standout. Thank you, Cheryl. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Standout. Dan is offering a free PDF of his print newsletter. You can get more information about it from this episode's show notes at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 26. 
It has been an honor to connect with so many forward-thinking entrepreneurs. The best way to get their stories in front of more people is to subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. Thank you in advance for your support. If you'd like to be reminded when new standout episodes come out, you can sign up for my newsletter at CherylTanMedia.com. Until next time, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Cheryl Tan.